such a fangirl moment for me <laughs> because we have met ear because i've been reading his books for so long i would have read hook probably for four five times uh, by now uh, and today i'm talking with me welcome me thank you so much great to be here Yeah, so to for people who doesn't know Neet Iyer, I'm sure not many people. But if you don't know him, he's the author of Hoop and now Indestructible, also a former lecturer at Stanford on consumer behavior and a lot of a lot of uh, things that you can go browse online. I'm sure you will find quite a lot. Thank you again, Neet. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. So today. we have a lot of questions from women in product chennai group where a lot of women who are product managers or aspiring product managers have asked you a lot of questions they basically uh, read your books and they've seen your videos and you know they're excited about the answers that you're going to give so those are the questions i'm going to ask you along with my own questions sounds great looking forward to it Okay, perfect. So before starting with the questions that I have, so tell us about you, your early stage. How was your life? How was your childhood days? What made you into writing? And tell us about. Sure. So um, I got started in this field uh, several years ago. I, I started a company at the intersection of gaming and advertising, and okay. I, uh, I was able to see. A lot of companies come and go, and many of them were successful or not successful based on how they apply the principles of consumer psychology. So I had this front row seat to learn many of these tactics. And so what I wanted to understand was how do I build my own habit forming product? And the mm -hmm. idea was how can we democratize many of the techniques that we see used in companies like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and WhatsApp and Slack and Snapchat? How do we take those same techniques and use them for good? And so mm -hmm. when I looked for a book on how to build habit-forming technology, I couldn't find one. There wasn't one mm -hmm. that existed. And so I just started blogging about it, doing my own research, talking to many of the people who started these companies, uh, doing a lot of, of of research at the Stanford Library and the stacks mm -hmm. there. And mm -hmm. then that became uh, I, I wrote about what I learned on my blog. And mm -hmm. then one of my uh, professors from Stanford called me up and said, "I really like your work." What if we made a course together? And that's exactly mm -hmm. what happened. We we created a course, and then that turned into the book. And then later, I taught at the design school at Stanford as well, and that became Hooked. And then um, a few years ago, when I wanted to tackle this problem of distraction for my own life, that's when I started mm -hmm. writing Indistractable. Okay, that's very interesting because uh, one very important thing and very interesting th thing that you talk about in Hooked is. Seventy-nine percent of them, with smartphones, they wake up and use smartphones like in fifteen minutes after they wake up. That's probably uh, even before you you meet your spouse or you know talk to your kids. This is this is like the first priority for most of them. It's like seventy-nine percent. That's like really crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So that's like one important and a very interesting part of your book. I think that's probably the first line of your book, if I remember right. Right. again which says on hook you spoke about people who are hooked with technology and um, smartphones in major uh, how difficult it is to come out of it in indestructible you are talking about digital detox and uh, how we can come out of it how relevant or different are these two books 
Yeah, so they're, they're about different products in many ways. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, the products that uh, people design with Hooked, these are products that it's very difficult to overuse, right? Nobody's overusing SaaS software or enterprise software or, you know, the kind of products and services that, that people make with Hooked. These are things that improve people's lives if they could create habits around them. So we want people to be hooked to fitness apps to education mm -hmm. products. I mean, that's that's the, the kind of products that uh, I intended to help people with when it came to Hooked. Um, you know, they're, they're, the, the social media companies and the gaming companies don't need Hooked. They've already known these techniques for years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My idea was to bring out these techniques so that everyone could benefit them, from them to create healthy habits. And Indistractable gives you an insider's perspective. Who better to help you understand how to put distraction in its place than someone who knows the power as well as the limitations of some of these technologies. So I think, you know, recently there's been this uh, almost, you know, the pendulum has almost swung too far. When I wrote Hooked, I had to convince people that companies use consumer psychology to change your behavior. Well, mm -hmm. well, now I, have, I don't have to convince anyone of that. Uh, now everyone knows that uh, consumer psychology is used to change your behavior. But I think in some ways, maybe people have become uh, frightened to about it to an outsized extent that that these products are good, but they're not that good. <laughs> they can't make you do things you don't want to do. And so, what I wanted to do was to give people a realistic portrayal, uh, mm -hmm. not from you know from someone who's an industry outsider who just thinks that this is all bad and terrible. No, the the fact is that these tools are wonderful. Even mm -hmm. the products like Facebook and Instagram or WhatsApp. I mean, these th things are fantastic if we use them in the right way and if we mm -hmm. use them in a way that provides healthy habits as opposed to unhealthy habits. And so that's really the distinction is that, you know, th this isn't black and white. This isn't all technology good or all technology bad. It's about how you use it, who uses it, what you're doing instead of lots of nuance here. And so the big question I want to answer is how do we use technology for good? That's what Hooked is all about. How do we build products people want to use uh, and don't use them because they feel like they have to use? And then with Indistractable, it's about how do we control our attention and choose our life? How do we get the best out of technology without letting it get the best of us? True. I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm in fact getting reminded of something like when I was a kid, like in mid 90s and all that. So my mother used to tell me that don't watch TV. That's going to spoil your eyes. And everybody was telling, oh, this TV is really spoiling the kids future. They are like no more interested in studies. The life is going to be horrible and all that. But, you know, eventually one or the other thing keep replacing TV, right? So after that, landline phones came and then mobile phones came and then smartphones came. Now my daughter is too engaged with her mobile, especially yeah. on YouTube with multiple you know channels and whatnot. But you know, one or the other thing keep replacing the actual thing. But we always we are always engaged with something, right? So I don't think it really makes so much sense if we say only this technology or only this thing is going to spoil the kid's future. So as a parent, what is your advice on you know raising a kid who is not very destructive? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, I mean, I think your perspective is is right on that uh, we have always been worried about something distracting us. That is nothing new. Plato talked about it 2,500 years ago. He talked about akrasia, the tendency that we have to do things against our better interest. And so this is not a new problem. Just as you said, in our generation, it was TV or Super Mario Brothers or comic books or the radio. I mean, the list goes on and on. And frankly, every generation has this type of scare. Now, that doesn't mean that these technologies don't come with negative consequences. Of course they do. If you spend too much time doing one thing, that comes mm -hmm. at the price of doing something else. 
But that doesn't mean that we can't learn to use these technologies and get the best out of them without letting them get the best of us. And so we don't want to teach kids that technology is evil, that it's melting your brain, that it's something to be scared of. That's not a good idea because the future relies upon them being comfortable with technology. Not only that, I think it's the skill of the century to be able to control your attention. That if you don't decide how you are going to control your attention these days, somebody else is going to control your attention for you. And so it behooves us as parents to make sure that we raise indistractable kids, that we teach kids how to harness this power that we all have to control our attention and choose our life. And so it starts with a very simple conversation, like the one that I had with my daughter when she was only five years old, about Mm -hmm. the fact that, look, the, the price of spending too much time with a screen it's not melting your brain. It's not, you know, it's, there's nothing necessarily that damaging to, uh, uh, you know, moderate amounts of tech use. Of course, where we see negative consequences is really excessive use. But no study has found that two hours or less of age appropriate screen time has any negative effects. Mm-hmm. So as long as that time is, is managed appropriately, then it's fine. So we asked her, how much time do you want to spend with mm-hmm. screens? Because look, the, the price of watching a YouTube video or playing an app is a time that you would not spend with your friends, with us, uh, with reading a book, uh, playing outside. And so how much time would it fit into your day, right? Given all the other stuff you have to do, like homework and school commitments and extracurricular, all that stuff. And she said 45 minutes, mm-hmm. which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But my advice would be to parents is not to dictate, but mm-hmm. to involve your kids, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have them enforce their own rules, because if you come down as a strict parent and Mm -hmm. say, no, you're going to do what I tell you to do, Mm -hmm. you are stepping on their autonomy. There's a whole section in the book in Indistractable about how to raise indistractable kids. But uh, if you if you step on their autonomy, you're basically teaching them how to cheat Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they're going to they're going to do what you tell them not to do if they don't do it because they want to do it. Okay. So, so it, they're going to use the, you know, that use the, the devices when they leave the home mm-hmm. uh, or when they, the, the, you know, they go off to college or get a job. You know, if you don't teach them the skills now to control their own behaviors, well, then what, what, what are you doing? You know, you're raising a child as opposed to raising a future adult. And mm-hmm. so what we want to do is to equip one, them with these skills and to help empower them to make sure that they can control their attention. Uh, and so with my daughter, you know, when she said 45 minutes, I said, that's great. How will you make sure that you stick to that schedule? So now she uses technology to help her uh, enforce these tech rules. So she says to Amazon Alexa, set the timer for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And now it's it's the Amazon Alexa timer that says it's time to put away the phone. Not me. I'm not the bad guy anymore. She Mm -hmm. has enforced her own rules, which is very, very important. Now she's built that skill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it, it makes a lot of sense instead of telling them, oh, your brain is going to melt or, you know, you're right. going to be very uh, specs. I think it makes so much sense if you be very practical. And I'm so surprised you did that with your five-year-old daughter. Yeah. Uh, and and, and <laughs> kids very, from a very young age can understand this. As long as we talk to them, you know, it, 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 at an intelligent level, we, we, we mm-hmm. so many people talk to their kids like they're puppy dogs or something. And it's, it's silly, you know, kids can understand at a very early age, these type of, these type of thoughts. Um, I think another important concept that we have to remember is that we can't be hypocrites. Mm -hmm. You can't tell your kid, get off your phone when you're checking email. Mm -hmm. So the first step has to be to become indistractable yourself because children are hypocrisy detection devices. Mm -hmm. They will call you out. They love to call you out. 
And you can't tell them, you know, do what I say, not as I do. That's ridiculous. You have to also become indistractable. Correct. Correct. You have to live that example, be that example to to even tell them that, no, you shouldn't be doing this. It makes so much sense. If you can't really get yourself out of that mobile from that Instagram, Facebook, and, you know, LinkedIn for that matter, you have no rights to go tell them to watch Ryan's toy review. Yeah. And and it's not that, it's not that difficult. I mean, there's only four steps to this. It's not, this isn't rocket science. This just takes Mm -hmm. a little bit of, of, of knowing what to do and implementing these steps. There's only four steps to becoming indistractable and anyone can do it. Can you tell us about the four steps? Sure. So the first step is to master the internal triggers. We need to realize that the reason we overuse technology Mm -hmm. is because distraction starts from within. That fundamentally, the reason we reach for these tools uh, when we shouldn't, when we want to do something else, is because Mm -hmm. we are looking for psychological escape. Mm -hmm. And if we don't deal with that fact and find new ways to deal with that discomfort, we will always be distracted by something. So the first step is to master internal triggers. The Mm -hmm. second step is to make time for traction, that Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with going on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever you want, as long as you do it on your schedule, not Mm -hmm. on the app maker schedule or on your boss's schedule or on your friend's schedule. You Mm -hmm. have to plan your day. And I tell you techniques to do that. And then the third step is to hack back the external Mm -hmm. triggers. So all the pings, the dings, the rings, even your colleagues, your kids, all of these things can be sources of distraction. So -hmm. the idea is to ask yourself, is this external trigger serving me or am Mm -hmm. I serving it? And then to remove the external triggers that are not serving you in your life. And then Mm -hmm. finally, the fourth step is to prevent distraction with pacts. We can use what's called a pre-commitment device to Mm -hmm. make sure that we don't do something we don't want to do so that we don't fall off track. And we can do this ironically with technology, that much of the solution to overusing technology is better technology that keeps Mm -hmm. us on track. And so there yeah. are uh, several types of pre-commitments we can use. And so that's the high level four le- four step strategy. We mm-hmm. make time, we uh, master the internal triggers, make time for traction. We mm-hmm. uh, hack back the external triggers and prevent distraction with packs. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, can you give us some examples on how we could use this template? Like, for example, uh, on these four steps, how we could, you know, use all these four steps and come up with the our own template because it's it's not necessarily it works for everyone but how how someone can start with this sure so so the, the most important thing is to have the strategy in your head right this okay. this four part strategy of mastering the internal triggers make time for traction hack back external triggers and prevent distraction with packs the tactics mm-hmm. are less important i give you lots and lots and lots of tactics and you can find lots and lots of tactics but mm-hmm. tactics are what you do strategy is why you do it okay mm-hmm. So that is more important. Uh, so there are lots of, te- of techniques in the book that you can use, but those mm-hmm. are less important than the strategy itself. Yeah. So for example, when it comes to mastering internal triggers, you can reimagine the trigger, mm-hmm. right? You can mm-hmm. cope with that discomfort in a healthier way so that mm-hmm. you're not constantly looking for a distraction. You're using mm-hmm. these uncomfortable emotional states to lead you to traction as opposed to distraction. And there are okay. many techniques you can use there, uh, like the 10 minute rule that comes from acceptance and commitment therapy, lots and lots of different things you can do. Uh, mm-hmm. When it comes to making time for traction, it's about keeping a calendar. And mm-hmm. I, can give you, I can give you a link for the show notes to share. Uh, sure. I make it very, very easy to help people build a calendar for themselves. Now, this is mm-hmm. absolutely critical. Most people don't mm-hmm. keep a schedule. 
Well, the fact is, if you don't keep a schedule, you can't call yourself distracted because if you don't know, you can't call yourself distracted unless you know what you're getting distracted from. So if you have lots of blank time on your calendar, you know what you're going to do with your time. You're going to check Facebook or email or Instagram or whatever, because if you don't plan your day, somebody's going to plan it for you. And then what we have to do is to synchronize our schedule with our colleagues, with our family, so that we make sure that the stakeholders in our life know how our time is being spent so that Mm -hmm. we can make sure we're living out our values. What we want to do is to turn our values into Mm -hmm. time. So very, very important, very practical step. It will change your life if you start keeping what's called a time box calendar. And I show you exactly how to do that in the book. And then when it comes to when it comes to hacking back external triggers, uh, a very practical thing you can do. You know, many people just think of their phones as distractions, but people can be a huge source of distraction. If you work in an office, right, if you work in an office or if you work at home, you know, other people can distract you constantly. And so what do you do about that? Well, every copy of the book comes with a cardstock screen sign that you pull out of the book, you fold it into thirds. It's this bright red sign that you put uh, on your computer monitor and it shows your colleague. It says, I'm indistractable at the moment. Please come back later. Okay, so you're putting a sign on your screen that says, don't bother me right now. (laughs) I need to focus. But Nate, I think this needs a lot of discipline, not just from me, but also from my co-workers. I don't know how, how much possible is that. Because the hard part is saying no. Like, I follow calendars, uh, but the problem is following uh, that discipline by itself. Because saying no, telling no to people is very hard. It, it becomes right. very hard. So the, the idea here is that you don't need willpower. Mm-hmm. Willpower doesn't work. Yeah. Self-control doesn't work. Self-discipline <laughs> doesn't work. It eventually <laughs> fails. It's too hard. You know, mm-hmm. if, if uh, whether the distraction doesn't matter what the, we're not just talking about tech distraction here. You know, yeah. if you're on a diet and you have a, ch- a piece of cake on your mm-hmm. fork and it's mm-hmm. on the way to your mouth, you've lost. It's too late. <laughs> if you if you uh, you know, if the cigarette is lit and it's in your hand and you're about to take a puff, it's too late. You're going to smoke. If you sleep next to your cell phone every night. Instead of, you know, as close to your lover, you're sleeping next to your cell phone, you're going to you're going to turn to your cell phone first thing in the morning. And so that's, you know, the idea here is to plan ahead. You know, the antidote to impulsiveness is forethought. This is Mm -hmm. a very, very important lesson. The antidote to impulsiveness is forethought. So Mm -hmm. we can conquer these distractions without relying on willpower in the moment. That doesn't Mm -hmm. work. We have to set up a system. And that system is what keeps us on track, not just the willpower in the moment. We can't rely upon that. Yeah, true. But then how, how, what are the few digital detox tips that we would give? Because it's very common in a workplace. You see people super distracted. I would say mostly because of the mobile phone. Of course, co-workers and things, you know, it, it happens. But then checking the mobile, it's, it's very, very, it has become a second nature that you check the mobile phone at least. Five minutes, once in five minutes, right? You have all the notification on, thanks to the Apple uh, watches of the world and smart watches of the world, which is like keep sending you notification on what is the offer on multiple uh, e-commerce sites, marketplaces, and how you could, you know, stop you from doing it because you think it's important. That's why you're not probably stopping those notifications. You don't want to, you know, um, miss those offers that they provide and. It's a huge market by itself. So how do you think I can do digital detox with my smartphone? Some some easy uh, tips for millennials like me. Well, there, there's two separate things you mentioned there. One is the workplace and one is the external triggers. 
When it comes yeah. to the external triggers, you have to ask yourself which external triggers are serving you and which are you serving? Mm. Do you really need every notification to come in from every stupid shopping app? <laughs> I mean, really, what would happen if you, if you put time on your calendar yep. and turn that distraction into traction? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What would happen if every night you said, look, I like shopping online, but I'm yep. not going to do it every day whenever the app maker wants me to. I'm going to do it on my schedule. So yep. 8 p.m. after mm -hmm. dinner, I'm going to spend an hour mm -hmm. on my shopping sites that I enjoy as opposed yep. to letting them interrupt me all day. And I'm okay. going to turn off the notifications that interrupt me. What would happen? Would that be a bad idea? That's perfect. That would take you maybe two minutes. Yeah. So you turn off those stupid notifications mm -hmm. and you put time in your calendar that says time for online shopping. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. <laughs> oh, the only things that should distract you in your day are maybe phone calls, text messages, and that's it. Facebook yep. and Instagram and shopping sites and all that news junk is mm -hmm. garbage. Turn yep. them off. Yep. Right? You can still use them, mm -hmm. but put time in your calendar to use yep. them. Don't use them whenever they ping and ding you. <laughs> and then... <laughs> When it comes to the workplace, that's a different question. Mm -hmm. If your boss calls you mm -hmm. at 8 p.m. on a Friday night mm -hmm. and says, I need you to check email right now, mm -hmm. is that the email's fault? Is mm -hmm. that the no. phone call's fault? Or is it your crappy boss's fault? Uh, I'm not answering. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. So there's a so half of indistractable is about things that you can do yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Ways that you can become indistractable. We talked about those four steps, but mm -hmm. half the book acknowledges that we work in in different environments. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. uh, what what we find is that what causes distraction in the workplace mm -hmm. is not the technology. The technology is just the symptom. Mm -hmm. The cause is dysfunctional workplace culture. Mm -hmm. And there is no connection between how much technology a company uses mm -hmm. and how distracted people are. Yep. I talk about in the book from several case studies, uh, companies like Slack and mm -hmm. the Boston Consulting Group, yep. where they have changed their culture or they have a great culture mm -hmm. and they're not distracted mm -hmm. because, because they realize that, that that's not the source of the problem. The source of the problem is not the technology. The source of the problem mm -hmm. is that people can't talk about their problems. Yep. When you have a company culture that everybody's using their phones all the time and mm -hmm. nobody seems to be getting anything done, mm -hmm. the test is, can someone in the organization say, hey, there's a problem here. Can we talk? Mm -hmm. And most companies, unfortunately, mm -hmm. don't give employees what's called psychological safety. Psych psychological safety means that you can raise a concern mm -hmm. without fear of getting fired. Okay. And unfortunately, most companies don't give people that. So what do people do? They shut up. They don't mm -hmm. talk about these problems mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they keep all, all kinds of other secrets, mm -hmm. right? All kinds of things you just can't talk about at the company. But when companies allow employees to talk about this problem of distraction, to talk mm -hmm. about why do we have so many meetings? Why are we sending so many stupid emails? Mm -hmm. Why can't we get anything done? Because we're constantly distracted. If you can't have that conversation, yeah. the problem is not the technology. The yeah. problem is that you can't talk about your problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one, let me let me talk about one of my favorite part from your book. It's called Holy Triggers. Can you tell us about the Holy Triggers? It's my favorite part from your book. The the case study of the Bible. Yes, that's right. The Bible. Yeah. Happened. So the the case study in the in the back of the book, uh, the new edition has two case studies, but the mm -hmm. first edition of the book has only one case study, and that case study is of the Bible. The Bible app, I should say, is this app that has hundreds of millions of people using it. It's mm -hmm. a very, very popular app. And okay. it uses the hook model to get people habituated to checking the Bible. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I used, I used, uh, or as I should say to reading the Bible, mm-hmm. I used the uh, case study of the Bible app because I didn't want to use a, a, a case study like a social network or a video game mm-hmm. because the Bible, you know, what you think about the Bible tells me a lot about what you think about habit forming technology. If you think that religion is a force for good in the world, that it helps people come together, that it gives them purpose and meaning and helps them be, be more kind and understanding to each other then you'll think habit-forming technology is wonderful. Mm-hmm. If you think that religion is a divisive force, that it, you know, it, it separates people based on ideological grounds, then mm-hmm. you probably won't think that mm-hmm. the Bible app is a good idea. And yeah. so I chose that for a very specific reason because, you know, is the Bible good? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is the Bible bad? Yes. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> it depends it's how it's though. used. It depends yeah. how it's used. Yeah. And the same exact story holds true for, mm-hmm. for social media mm-hmm. and for video games and for these things that we think are frivolous. It's not so easy to say, oh, it's always bad. It's always good. It's about how we use it. Mm-hmm. And so we can use a product like the Bible app to bring a lot of joy and a lot of, uh, um, of, of well-being to people's lives if, mm-hmm. if it's used correctly. Yep. Very, very. I think it's very subjective also. Uh, is Bible good? Yes. If the Bible is bad, yes. The same thing with Facebook or LinkedIn or anything for that matter. How, how are you using it? Are you using right. that and like 24 for 7? Maybe not. Uh, right. Are you using right. one hour per day? Maybe it is. It is a good thing because, you know, every single social media, including Instagram, it has its own good and bad. I think, that's yeah. Right. But- that's and and just like the Bible, it's not going away. <laughs> we, you know, to say, oh, you know, we need to go back to the days before these companies existed. It's not going to happen, right? The world is becoming, if anything, more distracted, not less, right? Because mm-hmm. progress means that we have lots of potential things to do with our time. Yep. And so that's not going away. So it doesn't make sense to just, you know, complain about it. We can do something about it. We don't have to wait for these products to change. We can mm-hmm. become indistractable right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> that's really true. So, of course, you're going to be sharing the ca- art of calendaring with us. But can you give a very high level on how to plan a day? When should I do that? Should that be sure. the previous night or the early morning? How do I plan my day? Right. So you want to do it in increments as frequently as your calendar changes. So for most people, they can predict about a week's time. Mm-hmm. Right. They they will know what basically their calendar will look like for the week ahead. So what I advise folks is to start with your values mm-hmm. and your values are in three domains, mm-hmm. you, your mm-hmm. relationships and your mm-hmm. work. Okay. And so instead of having a big goal about what you want to do with your life, you know, I want to write a novel. I want to start a business. I want to do this. I want to do that. Start with the small stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Take a calendar of mm-hmm. the entire week. And I'll, I'll give you a link that, that makes it super easy. I built a tool to help people do this. It's totally free. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do is to plan your entire week down to the minute, mm-hmm. right? So you include traffic, you include eating, you include everything you need to do, sleep, all mm-hmm. that stuff is included in your calendar. Mm-hmm. So that the idea here is not that you follow it to the minute necessarily. Sometimes you're going to m- mess up. Mm-hmm. The idea is that you need to look at something to mm-hmm. be able to tell the difference between traction and mm-hmm. distraction. Mm-hmm. Traction is anything you do mm-hmm. with intent, something mm-hmm. that you plan to do ahead of time. Okay. Now, the, anything else, anything that is not that mm-hmm. is distraction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. very, very important, right? So you can't call something a distraction unless you know what it distracted you from. Yep. And so the only way to do that is to keep a calendar. So at first, it may be take you 30 minutes to do it the first time. Mm-hmm. And then what you want to do is to review that for maybe just 15 minutes every week to sit down with your with your partner, your husband, your wife, whoever, 
uh, to sit down even with your boss and to mm -hmm. say, here's how I'm spending time at work. Here's how I'm spending time at home to mm -hmm. make sure you fulfill your responsibility to the various stakeholders in your life, as well as to yourself. Mm -hmm. So we have to turn our values into time. If exercise is important to you, is mm -hmm. it in your calendar? Is yep. being with your kids important to you? Is mm -hmm. it in your calendar? Is making time for friends, for focused work time, whatever it might be, you've mm -hmm. got to put that in your calendar because if you don't, you know what you're going to do with that time. You're going to waste it on yep. Facebook or Instagram or email or whatever, which mm -hmm. isn't bad, but mm -hmm. make time for those things as well. Yep, that sounds perfect. Thank you so much, Nereal, for your time. I know how busy you are, especially with Indistractable, just getting released and all that. Thank you very much. And a small request. We want you to say thank you in Tamil, uh, which is okay. our language. So I'm yeah. going to teach you a word in Tamil. So it's called Nandri. Nandri? Nandri, yes, that's thank you. Nandri. Oh, Nandri. Nandri. Yep, it's Nandri. So, <laughs> so definitely Nandri for all your time. Thank you, Nirial. So we've been looking forward for more, more and more books from you. Thank you so much. All the very best. Oh, Bye -bye. thank you. Nandri to you as well. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you Bye -bye. so much.